0: Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. And I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor yeah.
1: Vinny. Reading, right? You're so Vinnie. it's so funny that that came out in my bio, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so I asked somebody about it, they said, "Hey, keep it. You founded the company in 1999. That never changes, right?" Where where it is now, you know. Well, it,
0: it's it's better than having like a uh, so in the, in the real estate field, you'll have people that have their headshots from uh, twenty years ago, and you're like, oh, yeah. oh my gosh,
1: yeah, so, oh, yeah, that's not too on. bad.
0: Being keeping the founding thing,
1: yeah, I keep mine on there when my hair was you know completely black, right? And so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll do that, but yeah. So where do you want to start? Yeah,
0: I mean, let, well, let's talk about your journey because it's I mean, it's all about I mean fitness. And I know you do ultra marathons, yeah. Um, I mean, have you always had a fitness mindset kind of
1: growing up? Yeah, you know, my, I have the weirdest story about fitness. I wasn't a traditional sports guy, right? I, um, I started uh, racing motorcycles, of all things, right? And um, raced motocross, if you've ever seen it on TV, in the stadiums. And I started that when I was 13 um, and, you know, never did. I think I played Little League for two years and never really did anything organized. Always liked the fringe stuff. And, and ironically, where I grew up in New York, Almost all my friends um, race motorcycles. So it was kind of a weird little niche that was going on there at the time. And I actually got into running to get in better shape for racing motorcycles because it's actually a pretty high fitness, um, you know, uh, sport. A lot of people don't realize that. So, yeah, so really wasn't your traditional sports guy at all. Uh did that for a lot of times the funny I just did a podcast and I didn't realize the math on this. I tend to do everything in my life in 15-year blocks. Yeah. So did motocross for 15 years. Um, you know, loved it. Not the best thing to do when you have a corporate job, just so you know that any of the listeners out there don't race motorcycles and crash on Sunday and not be able to come work on Monday. So um stopped that when I was 27. Um, I had been running the whole time, you know, to kind of stay in shape for motocross and I got really into it got into long distance running uh, that transitioned into triathlon and I did that for guess how many years Vinny 15 15 very good actually I think 14 I'm somewhere around there um did that for a while loved it got completely burnt out I'm very type A I do everything all in or all out and I got into off-road trail running um just for a break and I started that in 2008 so I realized this year time to do something new because it's been about 15 years right so so in a long answer 45 years of um you know some type of endurance training um you know. well so when you
0: first were doing the the motocross uh, was that was there any kind of monetary exchange of hands or was it all outgoing kind of you're just paying basically to enjoy your time
1: well it wasn't me paying it was my parents so okay. that's pretty cool right you know so you know funny story on that so it was it was very amateur um till I was about I started when I was 13 got fairly good at it when I was about 16 or 17, uh decided that I wanted to try to go professional. At that point, I was winning money, but I think the most I ever won in one race was $80. But you know, mm-hmm. I'm 110 years old, Vinny. So, you know, that's a lot of money in today's money, right? Yeah. But uh, you know, so I went to my parents and I said, hey, you know, I really think I can give this a go and you know, I want to go pro, I don't want to go to college. And their answer was, sounds great. Guess what? We're not paying anymore. So that changed everything. I didn't realize how expensive the sport was because they were covering and they were driving me to the races. And so I, I did a gap year after high school and I gave it a shot. But, you know, the sport is like anything else. I was working 40, 50 hours a week to pay for the sport. I had no time to train and I really just couldn't do it. So what that did was made me realize how important college was. So, you know, you,
0: you go to college. I mean, what was your your goal there after you kind of your life got a little bit shattered with knowing you're not going to go pro.
1: I did. Um, You know, at that point I realized what it was going to take. And, you know, it's very much a young man's sport. And it was almost a relief to go to college. And for me, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I went for like a liberal arts degree just to try everything. And um, so I wasn't like somebody who specifically knew, you know, I'm going to go be an engineer. I'm going to be a doctor or a lawyer. I didn't have any of that. I just wanted to go have the college experience, um, be away from the parents, you know, have, have some time alone. And, and I found a niche in psychology and, and and physiology. Those were the two things. Like every degree I have has an ology after it. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, got an undergrad in psychology, which of course, you know, got me about the same job as I had before my gradu- before I graduated. So, ended up going to graduate school for industrial psychology, which is kind of the you know psychology of business, right? Organizational industrial psychology. Um, and that's when you know I didn't really know what I wanted to do until I got to grad school undergrad was just a preparation for grad school really. And, a, and a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> so you, you learn what you want to do. What was that?
1: So at the time, um, I loved industrial psychology and I wanted to start my own business and didn't realize what it took to start your own business. Right. I wanted to be like a consultant for businesses, right. Go in and kind of take the temperature of a business surveys and figure out how to make it better. So I took a corporate job to learn more right before I did that. And, um, to me, it was the best thing I ever did because um, after three and a half years, I realized I am an entrepreneur, I'm not a corporate person. And I got to realize that when I was 28, 29 years old, versus some people who realize it in their 50s or 60s, you know, which is a lot more difficult. So um, yeah. what do
0: you think swayed you to, to entrepreneurship? What was that thing that well, you
1: found out? You know, it's really interesting. I've probably told this story a hundred times. So sorry if any of my friends are listening to this again, but um you know, i was in a meeting about 3 years into my career and um we were waiting for the cfo and the ceo to show up and we started just around the table the conversation if you had to do your life over what would you do right and you know i could not believe the answers and i was the youngest guy in the room these were pretty high level you know c level people and vice presidents and the answers vinny were like i would have been a carpenter i would have been an artist i would have been a you know uh, run a a hardware store like Not one person in the room answered what they were actually doing. Came all the way around to me and I was about to say something and everybody in the room goes, oh, he would have been in fitness (laughs) because I was already that guy, right? Like they would go to happy hour. I would go train for a triathlon, you know? So that was my moment. Like I had one of those sea change moments and, you know, I wasn't married, didn't have kids. I had no connections really. And I went home that night and started applying to go back to graduate school for exercise science because I really didn't know that you could make a career in exercise. I thought it was, you know, back then, this is in the, what, late eight, late 80s, early 90s. I um, really thought it was like trainers for the stars. I didn't know there was a you know actual job you could have. And that was in 90, let's see, it was 89 or 90 when that happened. Ended up going back to graduate school at the University of Miami. Um, got a degree in exercise science and I have never looked back since that moment. And that was, that was 92. So we're talking 30 years at this point. Yeah.
0: At that time. I mean, were you were Cause you, you already were in schooling for I think a good amount of time was. going back to schooling. So, that bill was probably kind of <laughs> going up. Was that any kind of in your head? Oh, if I go back and it doesn't work out, I'll have more of a bill to actually pay on? Or Yeah,
1: like a debt. Now, you know, it was it was such a good moment because I never had to worry about that. I knew that it was going to work. It was you don't get many moments like that in life. And it really was an incredible epiphany. And, um, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, my father passed away at the same time, which was also sort of a sea change for me. Because he had lived his whole life in a miserable career, and I mm. saw that what it did to him, and I got a little inheritance which helped kind of get me through those two years of grad school. Um, managed it really well, and and you know I, I kind of lived off it during that time, and so it worked out good. Plus, U of M was like I think the whole bill was like thirty thousand for two years of graduate oh. school. I think it's like a, that a credit now or something. You know, it's insanely yeah. expensive now. So I caught it at the right time. So I never, yeah, I never. That's a great question. I've never been asked that, and I've never worried about it
0: you, so you finished schooling. Are you already thinking about how you're going to maximize basically your education now? I mean, what was the the game plan at that time yeah. to, to make money?
1: Yeah. So when I went to exercise science, most of the people in the group, first of all, I was like eight years older than everybody in the group, right? Cause I had worked and then gone back. So that was pretty cool. Um, and almost everybody was going to be an exercise physiologist for a hospital. That's kind of where you went like a cardiac rehab type person. And, and I looked into it and, you know, it kind of, seemed boring to me. Like I just, I, you know, you're sitting with somebody who's just had a heart attack watching them on a treadmill for an hour a day. It just didn't really seem good. The same time as in grad school, I did an internship at a gym. Uh, ironically, it's where I met my wife. She was a trainer there as well. So that's pretty cool. She grew up in Coral Gables. And so we met there in, in 92. And, um, you know, I did an internship just doing personal training. And again, going way back, personal training really wasn't a thing back then, mm-hmm. right? Like it was you know, but in Miami, it was like, it was a big deal in Miami. We had 26 trainers in this 20,000 square foot gym that we worked in. It was pretty crazy. So I realized I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And that's what planted the seed to start a business in that world, right? Um, And I knew that the upside potential that was way more than making whatever you make at a hospital with 3% increases every year, you know, so that leaned me more towards that.
0: Well, when, when you're talking about especially, I mean, this is i mean i would say today personal training i mean there's more out there right in social media you know everyone can be kind of a a mini influencer as a personal trainer back then you're on the kind of cutting edge of it so where did you i mean think about the idea of actually making it into a business and not just being a personal trainer yeah living surviving yeah
1: yeah i mean it's it's very limiting right because there's only so many hours you can work and there's only so much you can charge and so Um, My wife and I both wanted out of Miami. We moved to Atlanta. This was going to be a kind of a stopping place. We were were thinking about North Carolina. I was thinking about maybe going back to New York. And we stopped in Atlanta right before the Olympics. And we loved it. We've been here ever since. Absolutely love the area. Um, And I did everything because I wanted to learn more, right? So I worked in large gyms. I worked in small gyms. I did in-home personal training. And I realized very quickly it was very limited. I also realized the level of trainers out there was not very high. It was very, you know, I had a graduate degree, I had American College of Sports Medicine uh, certification. I really took it seriously and a lot of trainers did not. Like you said, just about anybody who had good biceps could become a trainer, right? (laughs) Which was kind of scary. So I decided to start my own business in in the late 90s um, because I wanted to treat trainers well because I didn't feel like I was treated well. And I wanted to have control over the quality of the people in in the gym. So. took the leap and, you know, found a space and did everything wrong. Now that I'm in the fa- franchise space, I realize how well things can be done. And I laugh all the time, you know, how how poorly we did things and somehow we made it, right? Um, so I opened in February of 1999, um, opened the doors with 12 of my own clients, right? So probably needed 100 to break even. So it was a, it was a fun first year, um, but it was real successful. It really took off well.
0: What were things that you had to learn from switching over from an employee to an owner?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing for me that I've really never been great at is people management, right? So we got to the point at our biggest where we had 17 employees. And that's pretty big for a small group personal training place. It's not a lot for other people. But, you know, managing people and and knowing how to motivate. Uh, I For years, I made the mistake of motivating people like I wanted to be motivated, mm-hmm. right? And I'm a very self-motivated guy. You really don't need to give me much. And I tried to do it financially and I tried to do it and it never, ever worked. And it took me years to figure that out, you know, because, again, I was applying. Oh, if somebody you know gave me a great place to work and they were providing all the business for me, I'm going to give them my best effort. Right. And it had made sense to me, but it didn't happen that way. And so, you know, managing people was definitely the biggest thing that, you know, the accounting, the marketing and all that uh, I learned that as I went and I'm, I'm a pretty quick learner. So that wasn't a problem. I'm pretty good at learning from mistakes. Right. So I, I can pivot pretty quickly. Um, but it was uh, the the people side of it. You know, it's funny. Fast forwarding, you know, it, to when I sold my business, my wife is like, well, what are you going to do now? And I said, I don't know. I'm not really sure, but I know it doesn't involve employees. So <laughs> I was like, I want me and my laptop and a phone to generate income. And then ironically, I'm moving on to something else now. We'll talk a little more about that. but.
0: Yeah, If you were, I mean, talking to someone or someone listening right now and they were um, ex-athlete and they're yeah. looking to start a business and you, you talk about the idea of motivating and it's, I think sometimes it'd be different from motivating a, maybe an athlete compared sure. to motivating, I mean, someone else and everyone has their own triggers. You got to kind of tug on a little bit. I mean, what kind of advice would you give that person to be a better manager of people, a better leader of people?
1: Um, I think, you know obviously going out and learning by doing, but one of the things I've learned, I've been on both sides of the coin. I've been on a mom and pop that I did myself, um, and now I'm in the franchise world. And really, unless you've got like a massive amount of experience and a ton of capital, going the way of franchise is really, really the way to go. And it's hard to tell that to somebody who's young and hasn't tried it yet, right? Mm-hmm. So so that's where I think I can give people a benefit is I've done both, right? I've started my own company, built it up, struggled a lot, was able to sell it. And now I'm in the franchise world and how much easier it is to have something all buttoned up and put together for you. Everything being tested, not only tested before you do it, but while you're doing it, right? right. They're they're road testing everything as we're going. And so my biggest advice would be, if you really want to do it, look into some of the really good fa- franchises that are out there and let them, you still got to learn everything, right? You know, yeah. it's not like you just turn on a button and starts making money. You still have to do it. But having somebody to to be a team with you because I was a soul, you know, a lone wolf for years. I didn't have anybody help me. And that's why I made a lot of my mistakes. So that would be number one. And then leading into that number two is be willing to reach out for help because we all think we can do it ourselves. And you know, I didn't really start to do well until I developed team of people. You know?
0: So so having some kind of coach or someone to balance the questions off
1: of accountability. Yeah yeah having accountability groups having network groups having people that are your your peers and your mentors it's absolutely huge and i'm i'm you know obviously i'm a full-time coach now so i totally believe in it
0: how long after the idea of wanting to sell the business to actually in the business did it come fruition because like, i've had um yeah. People that sell businesses, brokers, uh, and they always talk about that. They get a lot of phone calls, people looking to sell their business and they go, you don't have a business. You're an employee of this business. You don't have systems. Right. So for you... How long was that process from the idea of selling it to actually selling it? Did it come in? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's great. And I just want to step back because I know there's you know, we talked about a little bit about adversity. Like I want to you know, really kind of set the stage of, you know, we grew from 99 to 2008. I grew the business 30 percent a year, which is pretty darn good. Right. Like so we got to be we were one of the top ten profit earning small group training places in the United States. Like Mm -hmm. We were very, very successful and um, we peaked in 2008. And pre-October of 2008, I thought it'd be a great idea to expand and, uh, you know, go out and, and uh, you know, double my fixed uh, overhead, right, and, and actually buy a commercial building. I joke about it now. I wasn't joking then that I bought it on the day that the commercial market peaked. I think I got that <laughs> day, right? Um, so I, I took a massive leap in, like, June of 08, and then we all know what happened in October of 08, right? So I really got, like... And I didn't feel it because we had a lot of pre-sales at that point. We had people pre-buying. People would buy a year of training at a time. So I didn't really feel it to like 09 or 10. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we were doing a million dollars in revenue, which is a lot for personal training, right? It's really a lot for us. It doesn't sound like anything to large businesses, but with a high profit margin, it's a really successful business, right? Mm -hmm. And we literally went down almost the same till in 2000. 14 so 5 years later i was doing 300,000 in revenue with double my fixed overhead so i went through a lot before i built it back up did i mean
0: how did you end up realizing you're actually going down because i know sometimes especially for an athlete right oh yeah. this is this is a pain i can work through the pain and then next thing you know yeah. oh i actually tore something i i can't work through it i have to basically yeah stop. well i told you i
1: can i can pivot from mistakes now it's yeah. because i've had to learn the hard way right i did not pivot from mistakes because look i had been through um you know 9 11 i'd been through the 2001 2002 recession i'd been through a lot of things and really they were six to nine months Deal, So you get a line of credit, you work harder at what you're doing, and then you, you come back and you come back stronger. So mm-hmm. that's what I thought 2008 was going to be. And I did not pivot. And that's what really hurt me. Right. So I didn't really admit that things were terrible until like 2012, 2013, when I was literally paying my employees out of my own savings, like we had no profit in the business and I was keeping the business alive with money I'd saved in those the prosperous years. Right so it took me way too long to realize it but it all ended up okay so you know who knows did you self-realize
0: it or does someone actually shake you to get you to realize it
1: it was me because i had been shaken so many times and i'm a spiritual guy and i believe you know god whispers and then he talks a little louder and then he was screaming at me (laughs) and i finally heard it right and um and you know it was it was a benefit and and uh it that's when i really reached out for help right because i was in the point you know We owed way more on the building than it was worth. The company wasn't making money. I was in the process of basically short selling the building and moving on. And I just decided to give it one last shot. In 2014, I hired on a manager um, that Rick Mayo, who's the guy referred me to you to to do this podcast, whose franchise I'm now (laughs) representing, um, was an intern for him. And he brought him in and um, the guy, you know, he. He was good, but what he really did was he re-sparked my mojo. My mojo was gone. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I can attribute maybe the first three years of you know the post recession two thousand eight to, to the economy, but after that, most people were coming back, and my mojo was just shot. And I needed that. Long story short, he helped me bring the business back. Um, Got it back to fully profitable, doing great, um, much more profitable because that was the upside as I learned how to, you know, tighten up my, my the spending side of things a lot. Right. So when the revenue came back, the profit was higher. And then um, in 2000 end in 2018, he actually made me an offer. So I didn't have to go to a broker. Um, he wanted, you know, we, we were going to open a second location together and he decided I want the whole thing. Um, and then we we started negotiating in September of 2018 and we closed the deal in April of 2019, which I look like amazing right now because pre-COVID, I sold the gym, right? But um, I figured with everything else I went through, I got a little bit of luck at that point, you know? So, yeah. You,
0: you've talked about on your ebbs and flows that you've kind of had to self-realize and had to kind of push through and you kind of guide, guide yourself through a lot of these, these hiccups. Mm-hmm. If you had a friend, a good friend that was going through the same things that you've gone through, is there anything that you could say to that person that, that, would, out, that would get them to self-realize it earlier <laughs> than maybe you did?
1: You know, I don't know, like I'm a coach, right? So I do that now, you know, with people with their diet and their mindset and their exercise and all that. Um, you know, I try to say, if you don't do this now, you're looking at a wheelchair later, that kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm just a big believer Vinny, that we have to go through these things. I mean, I think I, you know, I like, look, I, I've, I've, have a big goal this year, physical, something new, because, you know, it's been 15 years, so I had to move on to something new physically, and I I know a lot, obviously, I have a graduate degree, I've been doing this for 30 years, but I hired a coach, and I would, that would be my recommendation, is get a business coach, get, you know, vet somebody who can really help you, that you can bounce ideas off of, have a good friend that you can, that that calls you on things, right, that really is willing to be honest with you, because I think a lot of us are just too darn nice, Um, and, and trust me, look, many people told me way before 2014 to get rid of my business and move on. You know, I could do something else and I just I couldn't give up on it. I just I'm so stubborn This I couldn't do it. And it ended up working out OK, but it, it caused a lot of really hard years for sure. So so coaching to me is huge.
0: When you you sell the business, your yep. wife kind of asks you, what are you going <laughs> to do next? Yeah. Uh, you said it's not with people. Yeah. where did the idea of actually getting to coaching
1: actually come about? So um, You know, got to hope Rick doesn't listen to this because he's gonna. his egos ego's already big. But, you know, one of the things he told me because he was kind of my business mentor at the time and also a good friend, we'd been in business for 20 years. And um, he said, first of all, take off enough time where you really feel bored because you're going to need bandwidth when you come back. And I didn't realize how burnt out I was until I sold the business. I really didn't Mm -hmm. get it. Um, So I took three months pretty much completely off, which I realized in 20 years of owning the business, the only time I had taken off more than a week was my honeymoon 20 years before. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's like to run a small business, right? So three months was an eternity. Um, and during that time, you know, what what I really want to do, what I really love is is public and motivational speaking. I really enjoy it. So, so I hired a PR firm, and did a year contract with them to kind of help me develop, you know, my brand. Because for 20 years, I've been developing a brand like mm-hmm. the gym and promoting my coaches and our product. Now I'm back to promoting me almost like full circle because that's what you do as a solo coach. So I hired a company, you know, again, back to the theme, right? I hired a company that's all they do is PR. Um, and they helped me redevelop my website, you know, changed my brand and all that. Started really kicking it off in January. I really have great time in January of 2020, right? Is when I started kicking off public speaking, took off great. And then of course, COVID hits, right? So I did give my credit. I, myself a little credit i pivoted very quickly then and i went right to virtual coaching moved everything online i had some corporate wellness clients that i had been working with for years developed that side of the business and actually you know saw COVID as an opportunity to help change people's lives i i I saw it as a okay we finally have this thing that is showing us that if you're healthy you're going to live longer and do better now now it's like really poignant right because the data came out very quick that if you are overweight, diabetic, you know, high blood pressure, you're going to have a much tougher time with it. Right. And so I saw it as an opportunity to, to develop that and really help more people, you know, using that as a platform. So the, the I do nutritional coaching and I've been doing that for years. And so really, I would tell you that it was the environment that made it happen, not me. So I had a path, you know, it was going to be public speaking with a little bit of coaching on the side. And then it became coaching with a little bit of public speaking on the side. And that's starting to come back now too. So, um, and then, and then I did consulting as well, and that's how I got into the franchise world. So you know, things—I hate to say it this way—but things sort of just happened. But I was open to them and for the opportunity. Like, so I did. Um, I had a few consulting clients, that basically asking the questions that you're asking now, like, how do I start a gym? What what do I do wrong? You know, how much should I spend on it? Like, walking them through that process. And one of them was a good friend who used to work for me. And we looked at a bunch of mom and pops to buy them, and they were absolutely horrible. I mean, you know, two sets of books and just just terrible, terrible run businesses. And in the main, same time, Rick was developing the Alloy franchise. And I said, why don't we just, you know, look into that? It's amazing. And I learned all about it, ended up helping her buy an Alloy franchise. And then I fell so much in love with it. The day after my non-compete was over, I bought into that business. So I'm a part owner in that, and I'm actually opening another one as well so you know convoluted we, road yeah no no and, and you have a lot
0: of different I mean avenues that you're kind of going through right how do you I mean find the time for all the different avenues and, and also where do you find the most enjoyment in each avenue
1: um I, I find enjoyment in all of them um and I you know one of the things I, I learned when I took on this taking down another gym you know I feel like Al Pacino in that movie right just when I think I'm out pull me back in you know but um I realized that I'm I'm fairly well organized. I'm fairly well buttoned up in in how I run my day. Um, And they they really do all intersect too. Like my corporate wellness clients also live in Atlanta. So they need a gym to go to. So I'm referring them to Alloy. They also need nutritional coaching. I do that as well. So it's almost like I have a bucket of products that I can give. Like if you're a coaching client, I can provide you with a gym if you live locally. I can give you a food service. Like, you know, they all sort of link together. That makes it a lot easier to run it, you know? So, you know, um, I had to dive really deep into the into the franchise because I'm in charge of sales for the franchise. So my partner, she's fantastic, and we both have strengths. And mine is sales, and, and hers is really taking care of the members. So we work well together. Um, but yeah, so that came about, um, and it was just it was just a blessing. And and you know we've already opened that gym, and we're doing great. And and like I said, we're looking for another one in Atlanta now. So. Mm-hmm
0: you talked about the idea of these opportunities just kind of come about because you're open to them, right? Right. I mean, as you're going in the next, I mean, five years, 10 years, do you have like ideas that are out there that if the opportunity arose that you would grab onto it or or ideas that if they arose, you would probably steer far away from those. Have you thought about that?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny because I obviously could open one of these gyms myself and make a lot more money and do it. And I absolutely don't want to. I I told somebody being a consultant and being a part owner is like the difference between being a grandparent and a parent, right? I get, I have a little responsibility, right? And I, and I have a little bit, but you know, when the diapers get dirty, I can hand it back to the, to the parent, right? So it's really a good analogy. And and I'm really enjoying that now. I mean, I'm 59. um, You know, I, i I'm nowhere near ever i don't ever want to retire but you know i've got a lot of energy and i want to pour it into it but i am really enjoying having a little bit of many different things because rick and i have talked about you know me taking a bigger role at alloy and coming in and helping with sales or something like that i'm like nah i don't i like being outside it you know i really like being outside and i like you know having different things every day i mean today you know i had a meeting for my gym i had three coaching clients i have a corporate wellness meeting after this it's It keeps it very, very entertaining. I'm incredibly ADD, as you can tell. So, you know, it's good to have a lot of things going on at once. Um, And again, I just get back to the God and the spiritual side of it. There's a plan and I'm just, you know, I'm getting better and better at hearing that plan. It's always been there, but I'm getting better at being open to it and, and, you know, kind of pivoting as needed, as the direction wants to take me. And, and I, you know, like you asked, what do you like? And there's been a few things that I did that I really didn't like, and I just didn't stick with them, you know? And so I stayed with the ones that I really enjoy and that I am feeling providing the most benefit. How
0: do you, how do you allow yourself to take in that plan? Cause you said there is a plan and you're getting better at hearing the plan. Yeah. I mean, what, what allows you to do that? I mean, I know for myself, sometimes just working at the gym, yeah. basically allows me to actually kind of assess kind of what's going on and going kind to of get back into it and kind of work yeah. through it. I mean, what's that for you?
1: Yeah, for me, it's prayer time and, and time in nature, right? It's quiet time. I've written a series of books about about quieting your mind and, and getting closer to God. And I use trail running and trail hiking as a conduit for that. You know, we're constantly like I haven't looked at this in an hour or a half hour now. I'm so happy right now. Right. <laughs> I, but, but the point is, like, you and I are engaged. We're present. We're in the moment. We don't get that anymore. Yeah. And so forcing that, and I'm human. I'm just like everybody else. I'm checking my emails when I'm out on hikes, but I try not to. Mm-hmm. Having that present time is when it all comes together. And it's it's really hard to do. You know, it's funny. We were, we were struggling, as this just came to me. We were really struggling with our roles in this new company, me and my partner in the franchise. And I knew right away, I love sales. I enjoy it. I'm decent at it. She absolutely hates it, but she's super stubborn and really wants to do it, which I get. I totally respect that. But I took the day off. Good Friday was the first day I had taken off in like six weeks straight of selling, right? And as I took Good Friday off, I went for like a two-hour hike, and I had such an incredible epiphany about where our roles need to be. Everything changed the next day. That next day, I got a meeting with her. I said, look, I'm taking over sales completely. This is how we're going to structure it financially. You know, I didn't say it like that. It was a discussion, right? I didn't tell her what yeah. we were doing, but I never would have had that had I not taken off that day and gotten away from it all. Yeah. It was it was in my head, but we're so distracted that, you know, and, and again, you, unfortunately, you have to force it and you have to schedule it because it will never happen. It's like exercise. If you said, yeah, I might work out this week. I might go at night. or I might go in the morning. How well is that going to work? It's not going to work at all, you know? It's structured. It's on your to-do list. It's like brushing your teeth. And same thing. I do that with quiet time. I block off 45 minutes every morning before I do anything. And that's prayer time, gratitude time, devotional, uh, and then planning for the day, you know, kind of setting my mindset before I even go to the gym. So, yeah.
0: It's- no, no I, I totally agree. If it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. I nope, totally agree nope. to
1: you. Nope. I, I completely agree. And, you know, plus it's such a satisfaction of crossing things off when you're done. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Rami, for, for being on the Roach with podcast. If someone's listening and they're looking, I mean, either to do some of the franchising coaching, I mean, yep. any of the, the plethora of stuff that, that you do, what's the best way of them getting more information?
1: Uh, the best thing is coach Rami.com. So it's coach ram There's a contact page. Um, every time I do a podcast, I offer a free 15 minute call to anybody who wants to reach out. If you're talkative like me, book two 15 minute calls back to back. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I just give a free coaching call. We can go down any avenue you want. We can talk about exercise, diet, um, or you talk about the franchise world, how I got into it, why it's a good you know investment opportunity, anything like that. And I obviously love to love to help. So anybody, any of your listeners, just throw it out there. CoachRami.com. Well,
0: again, I appreciate it so much. I mean, yes, for people listening right now, yes, Rami is talking about how easy the flow is. But like he said, he was open to the opportunities. There's opportunities out there all over the place. But unless you're open to them, unless you're willing to have the conversations, they're not going to come about. So if you're listening right now, maybe you're into fitness, you just like doing fitness. Maybe you're trying to go pro and just didn't work out. Whatever it might be, what is 15 minutes of your day, 15 minutes of your week, 15 minutes of your month basically going to do for you? Uh, allows you the opportunity to to see what's possible thank you guys for listening please subscribe please share go on the show notes and go find rami bye everyone awesome
1: thank you for listening to the road to
0: growth success of an entrepreneur please like subscribe and stay connected visit www.theenriquezgroup.com
1: yeah i created a
0: website hope to see you again next week the enriquez group signing off